embarrassing. Uh, I think that's the only way uh, one can describe what we just witnessed uh, in Chicago. A uh, a 2-0 loss to the Chicago Fire. Um, I mean, look, I, I think it's one of those things where just everything that can kind of go wrong went wrong tonight. Um, by the way, here, this is the Tunnel Club show, reaction show. Uh, you're with uh, Mike Newell um, and Sean Levy, as always. Um, look, I think there's a lot of emotions, I think, going ar- around in TFC land right now. Um, people are excited about signings, but at the same time, uh, if you look at the team on the pitch, it's just simply not good enough. Um, and, you know, uh, I think over the last couple of shows, we've talked about advanced stats and the, and the team looking great from that perspective, and they are, right? Um, but in the end of the day, wins matter. Uh, and performances in terms of the eyes also matter. And um, when you keep seeing the same mistakes over and over again, I think it starts to dent faith in the plan a little bit for some people. Uh, you know, me personally, I'm still on the Bob Bradley train. I, I, I think 2023, as I've maintained for a long period of time, is still going to be the real judging ground. But I don't blame some of you for feeling the way you feel right now, which is, you know, what the hell is going on? Uh, the, you know, the, there's a... There's a lot of optimism from a signing perspective, but I think also a lot of skepticism from the way some of this is going down. Um, And uh, I I don't blame those who feel that way. Um, Sean, as always, I'd love to get your thoughts. Um, You know, you, you watched the game. How did, how, how are you feeling right now? First of all, just in terms of, what you saw in the match. We'll go over the goals and sort of the play, but just overall, how are you feeling after that loss? Um, I really don't know what to say. It was, it was, it was a, it was a tough one to watch, um, especially how it just, they just look in shambles from the first half. And it just makes you wonder, like, is, the, is there an issue more, is there more of an issue outside of just missing players, not, having a complete roster to pick from or or have some guys some guys just didn't look interested tonight like I understand Chris got hurt but part of me even wonders like did he just did like he though, did he get hurt though that's what that's what I'm saying I'm saying part of me feels like he bailed like he just felt like he just couldn't handle the pressure I don't know it, it was a tough one that's kind of all I can say it was tough to watch it, it was tough to watch. Um, and look, uh, you guys have been sending us reactions uh, on Twitter. Feel free to continue sending those over to us. Uh, hashtag TFC Tunnel Club. Just at mention us uh, in your tweet, and uh, we'll pull it out and find it. Uh, if you want to grab the mic, as always, grab the mic at the bottom left-hand corner. If you're listening on your phones, uh, we'll get you in. We'll keep tonight short. Uh, it is running a little bit... Uh, is running a little bit later than normal, but uh, we'll, we'll, we'll definitely get uh, a few of you guys in before the end of the show. Look, it, it's it's a 2 nil loss to two goals. I mean, again, a poor start um, from, from TFC. Uh, you know, we'll get into Mark Anthony Kay starting his first game for TFC, but again, he looked also a player not quite up to speed yet, but 
you know, we know that will come with time, I think. But um, <laughs> the first goal was just, I mean, where do you want to start with the errors? <laughs> I guess is really the question, right? Like, it, it, it's, a, it's not a great pass from Shane O'Neill. Granted, Chris Bavinga is in the wrong positioning to, to receive the ball. He doesn't receive it great. He takes a long time on the ball. He gets closed down quickly. And, uh, you know, Duran's off to the races. Uh, mm-hmm. And, yeah, I mean, yikes. <laughs> what else can you say really there, Sean, right? Like, yikes. Yeah, it was like when you saw, saw how, I guess for me, the uh, it was just how easy he got beat off the ball and just, he, he just looked real, like, I'm not trying to say it was, I'm not putting all the blame on Chris at all, but he just did not look like he was mentally there tonight. Like, and I'm, again, I'm not blaming him on to say specifically he was the only cause, but just the way he got manhandled by Duran, not not even the first goal, just in general, though, just makes me question where his mind was at. Well, this is a thing that Bob Riley has talked about with him, you know, right from the first game of the season. This, you know, this ability to either switch off or not not be able to make decisions in the right at the right times in the right spaces. They just feel like that's just another case of that where, you know, you, I mean, I, I just, it's, I don't know. It's, it's my, I, Michael Singh, I think tweeted it best. Um, the descent of Chris Mavinga from, you know, all MLS defender to somebody that's almost unplayable is has been quick and has been startling in in some cases. Yeah. I know not it, everything is on him. I get it, but like there's been, a, there's been a noticeable decline in his play, like to the point of is it like I know we were talking earlier in the season that you know what for some players you know this season is probably going to be a trial to see whether they can fit in under Bob Bob Bradley's system. I think it's it's beyond that with Chris. I think there's something else that's just like, maybe really it's time for us to say for him to part ways. I don't think his mind, his heart, something like he was just, he's just not the Chris Mavinga we're used to. And I think seeing the way he got manhandled tonight proved it hundred percent that, you know what, like his best days are, are way behind. Yeah. Yeah, at least in a TFC shirt, it feels that way. It feels like there's an end coming um, to this Mavinga story, and it may come sooner than we expect. I mean, the window's still open. I doubt they move. Just uh, considering you just lost Carlos Salcedo, I doubt that happens. But I mean, look, I, when the, when the team defends in a low block and defend, they seem fine. And Lucas McNaughton seemed fine tonight, right? Like, and I don't think you're you're planning on Lucas McNaughton to start games for the rest of the season, but I mean, he looked he looked competent back there, um, and and and, he, and I mean, there's some questions uh, out there. I, we got one here from uh, Suresh CFC just questioning the tactics from Bob Bradley and why, you know, the fullbacks are so forward and you know yep. why Mavinga was so isolated defensively. I mean, they, and these are questions that um, 
that Stephen Caldwell was bringing up on the broadcast. But I, I mean, though I those are that's one hundred percent valid. But here's another question: Is again, knowing your opponent, why are you playing such a high line? Like they got they that turnover on the first goal was like in in um their end. It wasn't in sorry in Chicago's end. It wasn't even as if we turned the ball over on our end. Now it was from the build up from a bad pass, but still, like why were they so high up? The whole defensive line was was in their own end. So again, they had allowed the player to be onside based on how high of a line they were playing. Um, so you have to question his tactics. Yeah, and like it was weird because you know Chris was getting you know on the second goal, you know he gets really tight under it, and you know he already beats you for pace um, on the first goal. And you're playing him so tight, and he tries to cheat as if he's going to be able to beat him, um, beat him in a foot race. And he one gets bodied off the ball, two gets turned because he's in bad defensive position, um, not you know not goal side of his man, and just gets beat uh, for pace and then beat for strength. And that's and again that's that's not a kid, that's a senior player on your team, that's a cup winning player on your team. Uh, and, and again, that's just the things that kind of you're watching being like, what, you know, as I tweeted earlier, decision-making, just the poor decision-making across the board. Like no one on TFC had a good night tonight. No, no, nope. nope. it, it, it was, it, I mean, look, I, I, we could talk all night. Uh, Jeff varies, uh, Jeff, you've been waiting patiently. Go ahead and meet yourself and give us your thought. Cause, um, yeah, I have, all right thanks guys listen i'm gonna be quick i think you you just touched on it there mike like you can live with certain types of mistakes but these mistakes that are being made are so junior in their level like u15 coaches would be losing their mind over some of the mistakes these guys are making um but i think that if bob Bradley is who i think he is mavinga is never going to see the field again because if you watch his face when he comes off if you go back and watch it in the 32nd minute yeah, no, I know exactly what you you're going. See it? Yeah. And then the trainer said to Bob, whatever he passed on from Chris, what his injury was. And he says, Do you believe that? And like, yep. he's done. He's done. And and that's what made me say is like, you have to question because that whole the way that look on Bob's face, like, Bob did not, that did not look like a coach that believed your player, something was wrong with your player. It looked to me more like, What the fuck's wrong with you? Like, exactly. He's, you he's, know, like, dude. Yeah. That's yeah, the kind of look I, would, I had. Yeah, 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 and uh, and I'll 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 just add this. This is a tweet from Michael Singh, just from the um, post game press conference for Bro- Bob Bradley in an away game against a team that's just lost after being ahead by two goals. For context, Chicago lost on the weekend to Columbus. They were up two nil in the first half, lost three uh, two. So that's the context that Bob Bradley is talking about. Um, uh, that's uh, just lost after being ahead by two goals. We didn't have enough guys tonight that really were ready for all parts of the game from the beginning. Yikes. <laughs> yeah. Yikes. But that's fact. Like the, yeah, but it, he's not wrong, but my, go- my goodness, there's got to be some questions asked here, right? Like I know they're bringing in 
these players. You know, your Sinier will get fit. Krishida will get fitter as he goes along. And, you know, his cameo is maybe the one little kind of breath of fresh air. Um, and maybe Bernadeschi, maybe. But in the end of the day, they don't fix that, right? They don't fix those kind of problems. I mean, at the end of the day, our defense is in shambles. It's beyond, like, and I'm not going to even blame the kids because we can blame them as an aspect of part of the issue this season. But defensively, we have no structure. Yeah, absolutely. we have no like who can like we've lost Salcedo. We have Mavingo is is a shell of himself. You are then relying on a thirty something old O'Neill, who's actually probably been the the only strength in our defense this year. If you really want to find a a, a, a silver lining, it, it's been a bit like and and you're right. What like they need to fix it, and they have a short window to fix it. Like that needs like, me the only now here on out for this roster is defensively across the board because you're not ready to finish the season with the current structure you have, at least respectably, because these guys don't seem to want it. Yeah. Um, Jeff, thanks for your thoughts. I just moved you back into the audience there. Uh, if you do want to grab the mic in uh, later on in the show, feel free. Um, I just pinned um, the quote uh, from the post gamer. Uh, from Bob Bradley there, just in regards to that, it's uh, it's pretty damning. Um, we have Alex uh, on the line. So, Alex, go ahead and unmute yourself, man, and give us your thoughts on uh, tonight. Uh, just to keep it simple, I know we're all disappointed because there's some strange hope that TFC is going to make the playoffs or just squeeze in when they get their DPs. But I don't think I recall ever seeing, ever since the three DP rule, any MLS side win a game without three DPs, without having at least one on the field. So it's already a handicap having having been down one DP throughout the whole year. But having no DPs on the field, I don't I think the this might be an overreaction on a Wednesday night. Alex, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna disagree with you there. There are plenty of MLS teams in this league that do not spend the money that TFC spend, that do not spend on DPs the way that D, the TFC spend and find ways to win matches. We just lost the one tonight. Yes, Shakiri was on the pitch. Um, but in the end of the day, like Shakiri was a non-factor in this game. That's the crazy part too. Jordan Shakiri was not a factor in this match. Um, and, and I get what you're saying, Alex. Yes, probably in the long stretch of, if you look at a 36 to 38 game seat, yeah, sure. Absolutely. Um, but there are plenty of teams in this league that do not spend the way that TFC spend on DPs and they win matches. And that comes down to building a squad that is able to find ways to grind out results when you don't have DPs around or you don't have all your DPs around or they're not, you know, you're going to have DPs that have off nights. That's fine. They're humans. That that happens. Um, but I, I I'm not going to, I'm not, to me, just me personally, I'm not taking the excuse of, well, we had no DPs tonight. Nah, that ain't going to cut it. Like, you know, you still have enough quality to go into Chicago and, okay, maybe you do come out with a loss, but not a loss like that. They were never in that game. Like, never in that game. And and that is a worrying thing to me. I, I don't know, Sean, if you agree that that's fair, but that to me, the whole no DP thing, like, 
I'm sorry, I watch enough MLS outside of TFC to know that there are teams that don't have anywhere near as much DP talent at TFC find ways to win matches. Hey, I've seen TFC have, you know, two or three DPs on the roster and get outplayed by a team that shouldn't, right? That just want, was hungrier, that wanted it more, that just, you know, played the full team game. So that's not always the case. Um, and it could, what could just be the case, it was a Wednesday night, short travel or short distance between the last game. You got travel. Um, there's many things you could, you could put it up to today's loss, but it just looked, they looked flat. They looked not interested. They did not come out to play. But that's, see, that's the thing that, but like you can say tired legs and yeah, a lot of those guys played on Saturday and, and fair enough right? Um, tired legs and what have you, but it's the, it's the, you, they just did not look like they were very interested in this match. And I'm giving up the first goal. It's funny because this year we haven't actually seen it that much to be fair to this team. When they've gone down in matches this year, they tend to fight back, right? There tends to be a fight back. There was none of that tonight. There was none of that tonight. I think that's what probably shocked most people is that usually even when they have a bad start, you see them get into the game and fight back and have that grit and have that, you know what, we're going to be in there to the final whistle, win, lose, or draw. That was not there. Absolutely. And now it's like, I'm not meaning that I didn't mean to jump down your throat. and That's not what I was meaning. All I'm saying is that, I think there there's going to be questions when the postmortem is done of this season because, I mean, sure, we can hold out hope and maybe they go on and make a run once the DPs get healthy and, you know, that, that might improve the play and they might be able to go on a run and there might be teams that are, you know, drop form. It could happen, right? There are, what, I think 14, 15 games left in the season. So it could happen. Um, but keep in mind, TFC have not won on the road this season yet. And uh, I think they only have six home games left. So the majority of the games left will be on the road. Um, and they're going to have to leapfrog a lot of teams. They're only seven points back. So two wins and, you know, a team or two that drop results, you could be back in it for sure. But they got to leapfrog a lot of teams now. To get they're, not in it. they're not in it. Like I don't even. I think at this point we need to just focus on next season. I'm not even. It's like it's a it's a. I, I get fans want to keep that that hope and that belief alive, but even so, like, what's? I I just want at this point I need to see some real progression from some people. I want to see. I want to have some hope that next season we actually can get it right with with finishing up, um, with a more complete roster. Agreed. What I'm seeing right now, I'm just like the playoffs should not be something we need to focus on. That should be far from our mind. Absolutely, Alex. I just want to give you a chance to get a a final thought in here before we get back in the audience. Yeah, all I'm know is that teams play against the DPs, so someone like a pause in the field changes the shape of the team they're opposed to. Uh, DPs are a significant portion of a team, and Bob's in a position where he's now got to reset up his team for the DPs that are coming in. So he wants to play at a 4-3-3, and this team hasn't been playing 4-3-3 all year. So this is 
the uncomfortable in between period of time. Plus, you with all this exodus from the past two years, we're not very deep and we're very young. So, uh, I mean, those guys, you know, they may have not been motivated, but I think that's uh, that's a testament to how youthful the team is, not um, how passionate they are. Fair. Uh, I think that's a that's a point, and 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 I, I think you are right. Yes, the amount of turnover and the fact that. They have they haven't played in the, in the preferred position uh, for most of the season, um, uh, or sorry, the, the preferred formation I should say um, is is true. That is a, a detriment, right? Like you, there's still players now trying to have to relearn sort of what they're doing um, from that perspective. At least in a game function, I'm, I'm sure they've been training in that formation um, for some time, but. I guess I guess my my reaction to this specific game is not so much that it's more around the fact that it just looked like there were some players out there that just couldn't be bothered, um, and not the young. It it, it looked like the lot some of the senior players, and that's that's a little scary, um, at least for the remainder of this season. Because uh, look, yes, they may be out of a playoff run or at least we think that it's going to be pretty tough for them to to really go on a run here but um you know you still got games to watch right we still got well, 14 games left this season or 15 games left you you, you want to see something from this team and 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 tonight was not encouraging put it that way no and 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 again you know to to agree with one of Alex's points. It, it, it quite conceivably could just be a one-off on a Wednesday night that when we look back, we don't even remember this game as much as, as you know, we see, we, we finally see some growth with what, what we have. Like, I mean, we're, we're far, we're, we're a shorthanded team right now. We're, we have no depth, right? We have our, our best player is, who we've signed, who just came, is injured. Um, there's the rumor of another player coming. We just left, uh, you know, the, within a week, we've lost two, three key players that, that played minutes on this roster. We are far from from what we need to be to be a complete roster, and I think we just, you know what, there's kind of no point in, and I'm not going to say overreact, but kind of overreact with today's game it was a bad loss but we kind of have to just hope that you know the the calvary is coming we're gonna have some replacements in the right places and we, i guess we kind of all just have to hope and believe that bob knows what he's doing fair enough all right uh a thundercat go ahead unmute yourself and uh give us your thought man and uh, thank you alex for your your thought by the way I just moved you back into the audience Hey folks, thanks for letting me on again. Um, yeah, it just seems uh, very much like this was a hangover from that home game, from that tie that felt like a loss, and yeah, the lack of uh, interest was uh, was was very visible. Um, but uh, I'm sure it also just comes down to that early goal again. Just you know, we've seen the bounce back so many times, but man, were they dejected! Like I, I think it was just. I think it's finally caught up to them. That's what really it seemed to be um, to me. Um, uh, you know, after letting in that first goal and then 
feeling under pressure constantly at the out from the get go, and then you know Mavinga going out, like it was just it was just you know an, a borderline atrocity. Um, well, and yeah, it like, felt like, like one thing after another, right? Yeah, but but like it, it is it it and that lack of it almost felt like a lack of professionalism, and then you know it, it felt like it just bled through the team this time uh, in a way that. I don't remember seeing it this year at any point. Um, and hopefully that's not, you know, as rough a shape as this uh, roster's in right now with all the changeover and turnover again, um, losing Salcedo, thinking, you know, he was going to be kind of our solid center back to, to replace the, um, uh, you know, the Moore type uh, guy to, to give that calm in the back. And it's just, you know, one thing after another, it's almost uh, comical at this point. Um, and no amount of offense is going to solve this. And unfortunately, I think just the way the, the contracts are set up, especially Mavinga's, you know, making about a mil, um, you know, our two goalies taking up so much stuff, uh, a lot of funny money just being given away on uh, to, to acquire K, um, which I think was kind of, you know, he looked as much as he looked maybe a little, not on the same page at times. Um, uh, he definitely had a lot of positives, which was nice to see at least one of the, you know, very few positives there. Um, but yeah, like this team, like it's got to just be accepted. We're, we're not going anywhere playoff wise this year. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm very skeptical if they're even going to be able to match Vancouver's level in a, in a cup final coming up. Oh, that's a scary thought, eh? Because they, uh, they looked pretty, they were pretty decent against uh, Cincinnati tonight. I don't know what the final was. I think they were 2-2 at uh, near the end of the game, so I don't know if that ended up in a draw. Uh, but, yeah, no, good points. Other guy, I, I think, think you kind of nailed the head on uh, nailed it on the head in a couple of those. And, yeah, especially the, the, the professionalism part from um, – for the moving from moving and going off and that bleeding through the team like that, that was something that resonated with me in the first half. Um, especially when, um, thinking about again, young players on the pitch and watching a player that's a senior player, a cup winner, a guy that a lot of those guys were ball boys seeing lift with lift an MLS cup and, and for him to go off the way he kind of, kind of did, you know, that's, uh, that's tough. Yeah. You know, Mavinga, what, you know, um, uh, Duran was what is what nineteen I think it was, and and Mavingo was the the one who looked like the boy amongst men in that situation. Absolutely, oh, absolutely. Hey, God, I'm going to move you back in the audience. Thank you for your thought, man. Absolutely. I really appreciate it. Thanks for letting me on. Take care, guys. Yeah, take care. Yeah, take care. Um, uh, uh on. I'm going to get you in here in a sec. Um, but I do want to read a couple of tweets that have been sent in to us. Uh, just in regards to uh, game, TFCN News is saying, can we sign Daniil now? I don't know if Daniil fixes what happened tonight. Um, but, hey, he's out there. Um, possible. Um, cool is asking, too, is it too much for Bob Riley to be sporting director and head coach? Um, great question. I, I thought that was the probably the way you were going to get Bob Bradley to be the manager when they went out to get him. Uh, so potentially, uh, I don't think there's a ton of a, a ton of examples in MLS where the head coach 
uh, is also the sporting director and having a ton of success. Uh, maybe in early MLS, but in current MLS, not so much. And the two guys who are most synonymous with that in this league um, are Bob Bradley and Peter Vermees. And guess where they both are? Bottom of the league. I'm just going to put that out there. Um, let's just see if there's anything else. Uh, just from Tony, Barry, forget about it. Let us never discuss this game again. Uh, don't worry. We're going to get off air pretty soon and try to bury this one as well. Um, Sean, you have a thought? Um, and this is more, I guess, more of a question. I'm, again, I'm not trying to harp on Chris Mavinga. But do you think part of the letdown we saw as a team was also when you kind of see a player just give up on you on the game? Like, could that actually be, like, affected the whole squad? Because, like I said, I'm not just trying to harp on Chris, but we saw how Bob's, the look on Bob's face when he came off injured. Could it, could conceivably, could have some of the players also have been like, God, like, really? Like, Again, for all we know, he really did pull a hammy or something did pop or whatever. I'm just wondering if, if you know, when, when, when you see a, a player just kind of like, I don't know, just walk off and you feel like he, had, he did have more, he should have had more to give, could that have dejected the whole squad and just help with their, their flatness? Oh, I, I think that. I think that. And look, I, I think it's hard, right? I, I don't want to, I want to give Chris Mavinga the benefit of the doubt here. Um, it is very true, right? He has been struggling with hamstring injuries this year, right? So it, it's not like this isn't a, uh, an injury that he has never had before. He has had it before. And look, he did have to stretch himself to go chase uh, Durant down twice, three times actually, because he almost got beat a third time. Um, but he win that one, but you know, and then he went down for the tackle. You could just see him kind of rolling. But at the same time, I kind of also felt like it's kind of a way out, right? Um, and, and people are human, right? People are human. They, you know, you just – things aren't going your way, and, and that happens. Um, I'm just going to leave it at that. I, I don't want – it's hard for me to – to to accuse people of that that that's pretty that's a pretty serious thing and, to, to and, say and that's yeah. and that's the key I'm not uh, and and no way are we trying to like or am I trying to like say Chris gave up on the team tonight I'm just saying like you know if if visual impressions are are if you could actually like just re if you could see like if, if what we saw from about Bob's face was was any factual, if we could actually know for a fact that that's what he was feeling when he in, in his at that moment, that's just how you know that's just I'm wondering based on a reaction. We have no fact, we're not trying to, I'm not trying to say that's that's true for all we know. He really did hurt himself, and he was just maybe he was already going into the game with a nagging, a bit of a knock. But how do you not like knowing you don't have Salcedo, how do you not step up to play? Yeah, very true. Last tweet before I bring Tej in, um, just from Karen McCabe, just asking, what's the difference between this game and the 4-0 game against Montreal? What happened? Really simple, Karen. Uh, what happened was uh, you weren't playing a Montreal B squad tonight, um, and TFC on that night were up for it. It was a cup match, and they were up for it. And they were not tonight. 
Yeah, we haven't really like. Here's another thing that I think we all, we can also remember when they won that game, and I think even in the game against Atlanta, the, the, the following game, they had this hunger to them. They had this, you know, put the other team on the back foot, pressure them like a high press, always looking hungry, making the other team look, if anything, turnover because of the pressure. Um, not afraid to kind of get in there hard on a tackle or or not necessarily a hard foul where you're looking to get a card, but you're, you weren't afraid to get in there. We haven't seen that. No, they were chasing shadows tonight at times um, when trying to to press at times. Like they, they, they kind of made Chicago look like Barcelona a little bit at times. I was kind of like, are you serious? Um, uh, but yeah, I mean, that's the difference in those two games. The press was so relentless, um, you know, that they were able to cause turnovers in great spots and be able to put themselves in the great positions to, to, to get shots on that. And tonight just was not, it was just not there. Jesus just gave you nothing tonight really. Um, and wasn't surprised when when he got subbed off at halftime. Um, not, not like IO gave you much in the second half either, but um yeah, I mean it it's it's uh it was a little shocking. Tej, uh thanks for waiting, man. You you've been patient. Go ahead and meet yourself and uh, give us your thoughts. Hey guys, uh how you doing, first of all? Uh I mean in life, not that yeah, bad. Yeah, in, yeah, in, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> uh, glad to hear both yeah. of you. Um look, listen, Mike, uh, two things. One is uh kind of your your and Sean's last conversation here and uh, what Alex had said earlier. Um, you know, if I, I don't really get the that they looked listless and that is not, um, you know, for a lack of want that 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 just is the certain case with kids sometimes. But if anything, I'd expect the opposite. I'd, I'd expect a lot of hyperactivity kind of play out there. I'd expect, um, you know, the, the greatest thing about playing kids is, is you know, the, the saying they don't know what they don't know. So they just run around there and, they, and they're full of energy and piss and vinegar. And, you know, they're they're getting in the way of passing lanes. They're. They're hyper aggressive on the attack, uh, on, on ball retrieval, you know. And if I'm Jaden Nelson, um, Luke Petrasso, uh, Kerr, um, uh, gosh, who am I missing on the uh, on the far back right uh, there? Um, Bosey. Yes, Thompson. Right. Yeah. If I'm if I'm those four, I'm 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 grabbing every single opportunity that I have by the horns. Um, and if anything, the, the only thing that I want my coach to say is, yeah, you know, he looked out of place tactically at times, but it wasn't for a lack of effort. Like the, he looked like he was just sweating out there and it was just reeked of effort. And, and I think a coach can live with that. Um, but when I saw, you know, those four guys um, looking uh, for a, back, a lack of a better word, listless, um, that's a little concerning. Um, number two is, let's say, I don't think so. I, you know, hamstring injuries are very, very peculiar. And that's why, you know, you can be running at one time and all of a sudden you're walking and it kind of pulls on it and, and you just don't know. And he did give on that, especially that second effort, he had a little bit of a tumble. Um, the, sorry, the one um, I think Mike is alluding to, the third one that he actually did win, um, he had to take a little bit of a tumble to go through that. So that puts a lot of exertion on that, uh, on that muscle. And when you're trying to stabilize against the fall, very well could have injured it. That being aside, let's say he walks away and the other players are looking at him like, oh, my God, you know, what's Chris doing? Is he just walking out on us? If I'm any of those four aforementioned players, I'm trying to grab the opportunity and look at Bob Bradley and be going, 
look, coach, uh, I may make one tenth of his salary, but you can count on me tonight, you know, and, and you can count on me in every time that that starting 11 is named and I'm going to be out there giving it my all. And even if it's not the same position, you're trying to then grab the game away from the veterans and say, okay, well then we'll do it. And I didn't see that. I saw actually the opposite that they, they fell further into a funk. Um, so that's concerning. My third point, Mike is, you know, when you had answered one of my tweets with um, that, there were, it was alarming how high they were pressing up on Duran um, and I, once I noticed it, twice I noticed it, and then actually after your tweet, I kind of rewound the game a little bit during halftime, try to look for it, and you were right. It was almost every time. And at that point, it was multiple players too, so I thought, okay, you know, that's that's by design, and that leaves me a little bit worried about how thin is Bob Bradley's game preparation if having to prepare on – he had a game on Saturday, a quick turnaround, and if he's also got, you know, the added stress of – uh, you know, Salcedo leaving, trying to fill in a new DP slot, trying to recruit possibly. Uh, he might just be spread thin and not have done and not figured it out because one of the two things happened. Either the players abandoned the playbook and they didn't handle Duran properly, or that was exactly what the playbook called for and they handled Duran improperly. Either way, I'm concerned. So those are my thoughts on the games, boys. Thanks, Tej. Um, yeah, I mean, look, I think what you're saying there um, is, is valid, especially with Mavinga and the, the injuries, and I won't take your word for it as your doctor. Tesh, can you do me a favor? Can you just mute your mic? Because um, I'm getting some feedback there. Thanks, buddy. Um, yeah, look, I'll take your word for it. You're the doctor. Um, but, I, I mean, I think that, uh, you know, from that idea of players looking over to Bob Bradley, look, Lucas McNaughton went in there, and he played well, right? Not spectacular. Nothing that you're supposed to write home about, because, frankly, you don't need to, if you're writing home about your defenders all the time, probably means you're giving up too much of the ball. Um, so from that perspective, I thought he looked solid, um, did what he was asked to do, wasn't, didn't try to do anything outside of himself um, and, and was fine. Um, and then from your uh, sort of just point there, um, it, you know, in terms of Bob Bradley and maybe spreading himself thin, you know, at this point um, that was in the comment earlier about, you know, is he taking on too much being, both the sporting director and, and the head coach. I know some questions about that came up when he was hired, about whether or not he should be doing both, because he hasn't done both in the past, um, not in an official role, right? So maybe that is something to review in the offseason. Um, you know, I think, you know, Bill Manning made it clear that he wanted somebody solidly in charge with an idea on how the team should play and should be constructed, and, and that's why he gave Bob both titles. Does that get reviewed in the offseason? Interesting to see. Um, Tej, I'm going to move you back into the audience, man. Thanks for your thought, as always. Sean, go ahead. I guess my take on that is that, especially when, like, I, when you look at the fact that Bob's basically overhauling this whole team. So you're trying to overhaul the team. You're trying to coach them at the same time into a brand-new system or get everyone to buy into your ideal system and how you want them to play constantly having to move players in and out whether it be due to injury due to you know form whatever the case may be not having an ideal starting 11 to rely on week in week out now you know within the current issue with the team like it is very valid to question if if he is spread too thin based on the bigger picture of what he wants to do. You know, maybe 
he's like, is it time for Bob to step up and out of the coaching role and focus on if he wants to be more of a sporting director versus both? But that's valid. Interesting. I thought it would be the other way around. I thought it would be he steps down from the sporting director scene, being the manager. And this goes into um, a tweet I got from Greg Armstrong. Uh, just when do players start to quit on Bob Bradley? Can losing can be dangerous in terms of spiraling? It's a real concern. Um, go ahead, Sean. I'll let you. Have, I'll have thoughts on that, but go ahead. You. You. I, I, the reason I guess I I said that is that I just question if things will work with him as a coach and not getting the right person who where they're on the same page. Right, because as a coach, you obviously are going to want certain type of players that can play into your system that work for you. As a sporting director, you're obviously you want to try to get that from a, from you know get the right player for your coach, but you might have a slightly different perspective on certain players, and and you know where you may clash with what your coach's views and you what you where you see you know. So that's that's why I I could see where if if he wants to be you know have that total control the best way to have more controls in a sporting director role versus coach, in my opinion. But I, that's just my opinion. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think if you look, uh, to me, the value to Bob Bradley should be on the touchline, not necessarily in the boardroom. Um, yeah, and trying to make transfers, right? Like I, like, I think that that's, that to me, that's the value of him to the club. Um, and, and look, I, I personally there's ways that managers can can work with um, with sporting directors or GMs, whatever title you want to give them, um, to find players that they want, right? Or find the profile of player that they want. You know, Bob Bradley had success working with John Thornton in an LAFC, right? Finding players that he wanted. Now, I think at the end, what happened was LAFC wanted to go in a different direction than Bob wanted to go in. And therefore, they part ways, right? But um, it is a legit question of whether or not he might, in the end, spread himself a little too thin. Uh, you know, the DP signings are generally, I don't know how much he has to do with that. I think a lot of that has to do with Bill Manning um, and getting the money from the MLSC board to spend on those DPs. Um, so from that perspective, I don't know how much of a say Bill, uh, Bob Bradley has other than, okay, here's a player that we want to get as a DP. How, how can you fit him into your system or can he fit into the ideal way you want to play? So um, yeah, I mean, I, they, it's, it's something to maybe think about. Um, I don't think they're going to take the role from him um, it, to be honest, but because that was probably the condition of him coming here was that he get both roles, but, um, you know, we'll see in the offseason. And to Greg's tweet, just in regards to the team playing, uh, quitting on him, I don't know if the team's going to quit on him. From what I've heard and what from, from players, it, it sounds like they do like playing for Bob Bradley. I think what he is, is he is going to be a demanding coach that is going to ask a lot of players. And, you know, there are going to be some players that don't, that don't meet up to what he wants. And I, and I, and I personally think Chris Mavinga is one of them. You know, I think from the beginning of the season, I, I'm, I'm personally, I'm, I was surprised Chris Mavinga wasn't one of the players that left in the off season. I'm, I was more surprised Aro went and not Chris Mavinga. 
Um, Cause I just didn't see Chris Mavinga fitting in the way that Bob Bradley wanted to really play. Um, but uh, clearly he wanted to give him a shot um, and see what he could do. And, you know, hopefully you, you think if he can stay fit, maybe turn back the clock a little bit and, you know, be that guy, but I, I it's just not happening. And, um, and I, I don't think you're, you're going to see players walk out on Bob Bradley. I just, I just don't see it. Um, you know, I, I think right now, uh, you, you've got, you know, young players are going to be bought into what he's trying to do. I think you have senior players that are bought into, uh, what he wants to do. I think right now, you just don't have enough depth to really execute the plan at, uh, at this point. Yeah. And, and to add to the death factor, not just that, I just don't think you have the right pieces to, to truly play the way he wants to play. Right. Like, again, love the fact that we've, we've been able to see our young kids, but you know, for some of them, they're not used to playing this many minutes, this many games in a row. And that could be also part of, you know, some of them are just hitting a bit of a physical and mental wall. Um, why we don't see that same hunger that we say we've seen earlier or previously. Um, and that could be also another factor that we could say, maybe some of the kids are also a little hesitant because they know that, you know, are, are they going to be here in a week or two? Are they worried about that? You know, that you just saw a young kid get shipped out. Some of them could be, you know, hoping that they're not next. They could be. Yeah, that could be running through their mind. We, we don't really know. Um, but I, I will say that, you know, look, I to really t- to touch brace, you know, really quickly on sort of the Mark Anthony Cape angle of this. Played 60 minutes, had one good shot on goal. I thought he looked like somebody who's still learning how to swim in a new pool, in a new depth of pool. Um and I think that will come in time with him, so I'm not concerned. Um, but, you know, that that's just that's just another factor and layer to this whole game. Um, uh, just a couple of tweets here just before I think we'll wrap up the show here. Um, just from Gray, I doubt Bob gives up the sporting director role because in a couple of seasons, 2004, I could see him taking on uh, the sporting director role solely and Michael becoming coach. I personally would have a problem with that. Um, yeah. Yeah, I have a problem with that. Let's 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 not go there with that. I would let's rather go. than not do that. Um, you know, at that point, if he's not sporting director and he doesn't want to coach, there's no point in Bob Bradley still being at TFC, in my opinion. Um, and 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 to add on to that, even if Michael were to eventually move into a, a the coaching realm, uh, I'm sorry, you he needs to do his due diligence before he's in a head coach, even in the MLS. Yeah, no. No, I mean, no. Go, you know, there's other places where he can go get badges. Personally, I think Michael Bradley's played so many minutes. Go take a couple of years off, man. Um, enjoy some time. Go on a beach. Do not do football things, and then come back be a manager. Um, I think uh, the the rash of managers retiring and then jumping right into coaching roles. Um, you know, they're out there. DC United just hired one. Um, you know, that uh, I think sometimes they just need to take a little time off first before they go do that. Um, just another tweet from Kula here, just uh, man of the match, Lucas McNaughton. Sure. <laughs> I mean, look, he, again, like I said, wasn't spectacular. 
did his job. That's about all I can say there. Um, yeah, I, that that's sort of it for me in terms of the show. Shot any last thoughts before we uh, we wrap up here? Uh, Sean, if you're trying to speak, you are still on mute. Oh, sorry about that. Yeah, Montreal <laughs> on that on Saturday is kind of it, and I'm just like, you know, what are we gonna expect? <laughs> like, I don't know, man. I'm 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 kind of happy I'm not going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, well, that you know what? Hopefully, I'm not too drunk when we do the show from Montreal. But uh, yeah, I'll be out in Montreal on Saturday, so it'll be interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we that might have to be a day after show. <laughs> um, yeah, we'll uh, see how that how we how, how things. Yeah, go. we'll see how that goes. We'll see how that goes. So, for those that are going to be making the trip uh, to Montreal this weekend, safe travels. Have a good time. Hopefully, you get a per- better performance than you got tonight because um, this one was dire. Uh, just to recap, a two nil TFC loss to Chicago Fire uh, in Chicago. Um, not much to write home about. Hey, uh, we, we we can say this. You know, split the game in two halves, nil-nil second half. Well, they were better in the second half. Um, there was a tweet to us just with the game flow. They definitely had more possession in the second half. Didn't really create anything. Um, but also didn't really give up too many real dangerous opportunities in the second half either. Uh, this was definitely a game of two teams that are where they are. And for a good reason uh, in the table. Um, but anyways, uh, we'll wrap it up there. Uh, thanks for listening in on the Tunnel Club tonight. Um, uh, follow us at TFC Tunnel Club uh, for show links and to interact with the show. We love you guys interacting. Thank you so much uh, to everybody that jumped on the mic and everybody that sent us a tweet tonight. We will be back this weekend, um, Saturday or Sunday. We'll kind of let you know closer uh, to uh, game them what that's going to look like. Um, but hopefully, again, we have a better reaction show than we had tonight, at least in terms of the result. Um, but on behalf of uh, Sean, this is Mike. Thanks so much for listening in to another edition of the Tunnel Club. And uh, we'll talk to you on the weekend. Have a good night, everyone.